You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 135. Okay, y'all, today's episode is a little bit different because it's actually just repurposed content from my friend Allison Fender's show, The Agripreneur Empire Podcast. I got to sit down with Allie and be on the other side of the mic for once and answer all the questions that she had for me about motherhood, entrepreneurship, and so much more. It was such an amazing conversation, and I always love getting to connect with other rural women, ranch wives and mamas, and of course, business owners. So if this sounds like something you want to hear, keep on listening and also make sure to check out Allison's podcast the Agripreneur Empire podcast. Okay, let's saddle up and get to work. Hey there, my friend. I'm Ali Fender, and welcome to the Agripreneur Empire podcast, a show created to empower you to take the leap into entrepreneurship within the agricultural space. In October of 2022, I spontaneously quit my career job as a registered vet tech to pursue my dreams and turn my side hustle into a sustainable small business. Now, my husband and I raise registered black Angus and beef direct to consumer to our local community of San Diego County. It has been an exhilarating experience since quitting my nine to five and I would not trade it for anything. Here on the show, we break down everything from marketing, leadership, finances, programs to further your business and more. Take your side hustle or small business to the next level and grow it to its fullest potential. If you enjoyed the show and got value from it, do me a favor and please share with a friend or on your social media and tag Agripreneur Empire. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review on your favorite listening platform. This truly helps the podcast get out into the earbuds of those who would benefit from it most. Alrighty, my friend, buckle up and enjoy the show. my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Allie Fender, and today I'm so excited to introduce you all to Sarah Elrod, who is a podcaster, a mother, and a business owner. She had a photography business and has transformed her business mindset into also being a podcast host for her podcast, The Branded Cowgirl Podcast. And I had a blast chatting with Sarah all about social media tactics, podcasting, motherhood, and so much more. So I hope you really enjoy this show. We are looking for some amazing guests to add to the show. So if you are interested in sharing your story or your business strengths on the show, please email me at afender614 at gmail.com. I would love to chat with you about your business and how you are a awesome business person. So I hope you go ahead and reach out to me because I love listening to other people's stories and journeys and how they got to where they are today. As well, if you have not already, please subscribe and leave a review on the show. It helps so much for me to share our story and share our mission to others who are in the same boat as myself and as you who want to improve their businesses and have that passion for agriculture as well. So leave a rating and review. I would love to read those. It brings me a whole lot of joy and it's something that really propels the podcast forward. It gets into the earbuds of others who would appreciate it as well. And without further ado, let's go ahead and listen in on the show with Sarah Elrod. All right, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me here this morning on the Agripreneur Empire podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you. And the first question that I have for you, 
tell the listeners a goal you have for yourself within the next five years in your business. Yeah. So a lot has changed in my business over time. And so thinking about the next five years, I feel like it's just always evolving and I never really know where I'm going to be. But I think right now, if I were to really make some sort of goal for myself on where I want to be, it's to shift my business in a way to where primarily it is mostly passive income versus like taking on um, more client work. That has been the main source of my income for a long time, has been a lot of client work. And I love working one-on-one with people, but now that I'm a mom and stepping into just busier seasons of life, it's definitely harder to get that one-on-one time with people. And so I think for me, um, the next five years is just going to look like trying to step into a different business model of being able to serve people in a more large scale um, and um, just generate more of that passive income so I'm not needed as much in my business. I can kind of take a step out of it and um, have like team members and things like that kind of working working in it more than me. So yeah, that's kind of I always call it, um, I listened to another podcast called The Rich Outdoors, and it's by a man named Cody Rich, and he always talks about mailbox money, which, you know, Uh it's just that constant paycheck that comes in once a month or however many times it comes in that you don't really have to do anything, and I think that's Mm -hmm. something that's really special in the sense of being an entrepreneur because a lot of us think in that kind of way, like how can I make money in the easiest way possible so that I can do all the things I love doing at home, whether that's hanging out with family or doing other hobbies or projects and things like that. So I'm right there with you. I have children as well, and I just want to make sure that I put them first and put my family first. And part of that is being able to reach out and look into different styles of how I can bring in money in the easiest way possible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that can look different in so many different businesses. And um, I know that before you, so let's jump back a little bit. You have a podcast and you were doing uh, photography as well with like weddings and things of that nature. So Mm -hmm. what does that look like for you in your business? If you were to reach out and get more employees or even like a virtual assistant or something like that within your business, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So actually at the, well, I guess kind of in the middle of 2022. So last year I actually started to bring on, um, a team into the photography part of my business because I was, I, it had been something that I'd thought about doing for a while and I just never took the leap. And then when I got pregnant, and I knew I was I was due in like early August and I actually had a wedding scheduled like right like two days before my due date. So I was like, well, there's no oh, way I can do that. <laughs> and so that yeah. was like kind of terrifying because then I'm like, oh, my gosh, now I have to tell this poor bride that like I physically will not be there. And I, I told uh, there was a couple other weddings I had kind of around the, my due date, like uh, like month or two later. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like I've never this is my first baby. Like, I don't know what postpartum is like. I don't know if I'm going to be like wanting to do that. So I reached out to like three different brides and was like, look, I'm either not going to be there. I might be there. I don't know yet. But I essentially that whole thing kind of kicked me into, okay, it might be time to start hiring in uh, a team, at least 
on a case-by-case basis when I may or may not need them. And so I was able to acquire like an amazing group of women that have kind of joined along as associates. They all have their own businesses, but they are there when I need them. Um, And now it's nice because obviously in a situation like that, when I literally have no choice, they're there. But also if I'm already booked for something or if I just decide to cap out my year, um, like this year I took a significantly less amount of weddings than I have any year before, uh, which was scary. But I basically said, okay, like this is my boundary for myself and anything else I can give out to my team now and they can go do it. And it's been really awesome um, being able to hand off a section of your business to somebody else because obviously it gives you that like more freedom. But you know, it's obviously scary. Like they're working under your name and you want them to do a good job. And I think you always feel like nobody's going to do things exactly how you're going to do things. And so that can be nerve wracking. But I, I loved, I mean, I remember the one, the wedding that I had two girls go to, um, the right around when my son was born and he was actually born a week early. And so I was literally like sitting on the couch, holding my brand new baby, getting like text message behind the scene photos, um, from these photographers that are at this wedding. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like I'm getting here, like I'm here snuggling my brand new baby while I have this team out, like doing this job for me. And like, I think from that moment on, I was like, wow, okay. Like I need to utilize this more. Like this is, not bad. Um, you know, being able to bring in people to help your business grow and to take your vision that you have and to help expand it, I think is a really awesome thing. So I've definitely started utilizing that in the photography aspect of things. I am to the point now where like, I really need to start bringing in other people for other aspects of things like personal assistant, a podcast manager, like something. Cause I am, the type of person that just likes to do everything and that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. but yeah, it's, it's been kind of a fun learning experience kind of stepping into that world of, of hiring things out. Yeah. I think it's important just because you need to, I think it's important to start off by kind of taking in all those tasks yourself so that you know how you like things done or, you know, you know, just like knowing all the back end stuff, which I've talked about before on the podcast, but I think it's really important too to find the help that makes sense and mm-hmm. finding, you know, the people that are going to do the good, a good job for you. And maybe those people can do an even better job or theoretically they should be doing a better job than you can anyways. So I yeah. think that is a great way to be able to propel your business a little bit further than if you were just a one woman show. And um, I totally feel you with the podcasting, um, you know, like that need to have somebody else involved in order to get the podcast just like more buttoned up and Mm -hmm. just able so that you have some more time because it does take time to sit there and do some editing and just stringing it all together, making sure it's on the right platform and, you know, marketing the podcast. There's a lot of things that happen. It's not just like recording a conversation, then you post it. There's a lot that goes into it. So um, I'm totally on the same page within like the next five years for myself within podcasting and even within our uh, direct-to-consumer beef business as well. So I totally feel you there. And I think Mm -hmm. that's all smart stuff in order to, you know, make it all happen for yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's a it's a good move to make when you can get there. And I, I like what you said about, you know, having yourself in it first. And I think that's important is is being able to do the things, you know, I think everybody obviously when you start out, you have to do all the things yourself and you kind of have an idea of the flow, but that makes it easier to bring somebody else on because you can kind of decide like, okay, I'm really passionate about this part and I really enjoy doing this part, but I don't like doing this part. And what you don't like is somebody else's bread and butter. So you might as well pass that off to them and let them, you know, work their sweet spot. And then it's a win-win for everybody. Exactly. And then they are able to, you know, get that part that you might not really love and be able to make it awesome. And you don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything, which is a total bonus there. So I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your passion for branding and content creation, which is what your podcast, the Branded Cowgirl podcast is all about. So mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of dip into there and see what you what your take is on certain tips that you may have for listeners who want to grow online. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, so many things. Um, (laughs) And it's always changing, which is like what's so funny is I feel like I could come up with a different answer for this, like depending on what month it is. Um, You know, there's kind of the basic answer that I think you'll hear from anybody, which is like showing up authentically as much as I kind of hate that word. But, you know, Mm -hmm. be yourself and be consistent and all the things that you hear all the time. And there is truth to both of those things and all of that. But Um, you know, I think if I were to think about the seasons that I have really seen a lot of growth, even just within my own platforms, it's when I am showing up right where I'm at and I'm showing up often, those are huge, um, have been huge helps in growing my platforms. I run a lot of different social platforms for just my own stuff and I've seen growth on all of them in different ways. And it's just been interesting how when I go silent on social media and everybody needs a social media break, that's not saying like you should just never quit and never take a time away from Instagram. But when I am showing up every single day or on a regular basis and just being in my messy middle and, and showing like random little bits of my day and sharing my heart in posts and things like that. I mean, I definitely see a lot more growth and a lot more interaction from people. They start to engage with me more. And um, I think a big thing that I've learned too is right now we're in this season of everybody's creating content, right? Like there is so much content out there and it feels so busy and it can get really overwhelming and you might feel like you have to just be this content machine. And I think people need to understand that you can reuse content and repeat content over and over and over again in different ways. So you can share the same story. If you have like a key story that kind of shares your brand and helps people better understand your mission and what you're doing, you can share that same topic over and over and over again in different ways. Um, and, and that has helped me a lot is kind of stepping into that and understanding that part of content because it takes, I feel like it takes a lot of pressure off of you. You don't feel like you're having to create so much new stuff all the time. 
And so being able to, you know, like I said, show up regularly, um, have kind of your key topics that you're going to talk about over and over in different ways. Um, and then I think just fostering a community is huge. People crave that um, interaction on social media, especially after, I mean, it's crazy that 2020 was three years ago now, but yeah. I think even still we're coming off of that and being so isolated for so long, people just crave that community and they want to feel seen and heard. And especially in like the rural Western space where, you know, I know for like my audience a lot, you know, we are rural women. We don't necessarily live next to 500 other people that we call our friends. And so the internet's been huge for finding people that you can relate to. And so I think if you're especially in a space like that, where it's harder to meet people in person, like there's there's obviously a lot of toxic things about the internet, but there's also a lot of great things about social media that can bring people together. And so I think that community and finding that space where your people are hanging out is just really huge and, and definitely helps you grow for sure. Yeah, no, I have to echo that too. I feel like for me, um, within at least like using Instagram and Facebook kind of cohesively, being able to find relatable people online has been very fun and interesting. Um, it's not like if you think about like growing up in the nineties or something like that, there's no possible way that you would know someone from like Kansas or Nebraska and know their lifestyle and what they do for a living and things like that, unless you end up meeting them one day in person, you know, so technology yeah. has come a long, long way. And it's been for, you know, there's pluses and minus to minuses to anything, but I do think that finding community online has been really fun for me personally. And I also think it's helped my business grow. Um, mm. I don't know what you think about this. I'll, I'll ask you about this, but sometimes I'm not sure what to do on my social platforms because like you, I have several mm -hmm. platforms or several different things that do different, um, mm -hmm. content. So I have like a personal one. That's just me. Like basically it's just my family, like posting pictures of my kids playing soccer or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, a, a picture of a sunset or a picture of our dogs or whatever. And then I have a business one. And on our business one, I do, I'm pretty much the one controlling the whole thing, but I do a little bit of the personal space too, because I want people to connect with who I am and who my husband is and our children and what mm -hmm. we do as a business together as a family. But um, sometimes it's weird. Like you kind of blend things together within certain platforms and yeah. I'm not sure how to navigate that. And I don't know if there really is a key to doing that. I think it just depends on, you know, what, whoever's following you. Cause I even have one for my podcast as well. So mm. I don't know. It's just like, it's interesting how all these platforms kind of mesh together. And I don't know why I want to categorize things. I think that maybe that's just how I am. Um, but do you have any opinions uh. on that? I, I relate so hard to this. I'm just like, as you're talking, I'm like kind of laughing to myself because. Oh, oh good. Same. So it's not just me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it sounds like we have very similar account types because like it's kind of the same situation for me. I have a podcast account. I have like my personal like account that's my name and, yeah. but it kind of doubles as like my entrepreneurial like it, it, that's the one that I'm on the most I'm the most active on share stories yeah. like all that kind of stuff um but it, it I guess leans more towards like 
business stuff. But then we have like our family page that's kind of our family lifestyle ranching page that I have like 17,000 followers on, which is super cool because I like grew it big. But then I'm like, I really don't know what to do with this now. Like, (laughs) I feel like I have this like, I don't know, like I'm supposed to be doing things on this account. And I feel like it's the most random account I have because I kind of like you, it's, it's like, okay, I have like our family account, but then I have my account. So like, do I post this cute picture of my baby on my account or on my family account? Like, what do I do? I feel like I, and I change this a lot. So I mean, take it with a grain of salt but kind of what helps my brain because I like to categorize things as well. And I think that's my thing. Um, And it's weird because a few years ago, I think it was, everybody was saying, you know, just have one account and don't have a separate business account from your personal account. And I think there's, yeah. And I think there's truth in that if you have like one thing going, but it would be, I don't know, in my opinion, because I do a lot of random things, I think it would be a lot to have one account and be like, here's my personal life. Here's my podcast. Here's all these other business things I got going on. Here's photography. Like, I think that would be a lot for people to try to keep up with. And so in my brain, it's like, okay, on this account, you can expect this. And on this account, you can expect this. And I think we've kind of moved in that direction anyway. Like I would now say that that is better. Like I said, if you have one business and one thing that you're promoting, I think you can do it all in one, you know, do personal life and and blend your one business. But I think if you are multi-passionate, you have a lot of like irons in the fire, Mm -hmm. it can be a lot. And so I think just trying to find clear like content pillars on what you want to focus on on each. So for me, my personal like account that's under my name is I mostly focus on motherhood and entrepreneurship and like rural motherhood, that kind of category. Whereas like the family account is more of like marriage humor, ranching, um, and like in the home, home lifestyle, cooking, recipes, things like that. Um, Not as much like here's motherhood tips and things like that. Um, And so And like I said, these things change. Sometimes I'm like, "Mm, this month I want to focus on this. But I mean, to me, like the category person that I am, I kind of have to like write things down. Like I will literally every now and then just like break out like five sheets of paper and just like brain dump everything that (laughs) I have just to try to organize myself. Um, So that that kind of helps me. I don't know if that was like really good advice, but that's tends to be how I can get my thoughts in order (laughs) on what goes on each account. Yeah, no, I think that's helpful. Um, That makes me feel better. (laughs) At least I'm always like, I don't know, like, where to put this. But sometimes what I do actually is I will do a collaboration between mm, like yeah. different accounts um, yeah. with myself, which I don't know if that's weird or not, but sometimes I'll do that because I feel like it'll correlate with like my personal account and my business account or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I feel like that has been helpful because there's different people following me on each account, you know? Yeah. So I've done that too. And I also feel like since Reels actually got rid of the bonus program, which like was kind of unfortunate because like obviously it was like an income for some people, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it took stress off of feeling like – because I had it 
on all of my accounts. So there was like a moment in time where I was like, I need to be making content on all of these accounts <laughs> all the time. And that got really stressful for me. And so when they took it away, I actually was like, okay, like, I feel goodness. like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm kind of glad that's gone. <laughs> that's funny. Well, okay. So speaking of or all this social media stuff, there's a new social media platform out that I actually learned from you through your podcast like last mm-hmm. week or what or whenever I listened to it. Yeah. Um, it's called Lemonade. And mm-hmm. I jumped on it and I'll give mm-hmm. you my take on it because I feel like it's a lot of pressure to add all the fonts and things like that onto my pictures. And I don't know <laughs> if that's just me, but it just feels like an extra step. I really like the aesthetics of the platform. It's got that Pinteresty kind of vibe, which everyone loves Pinterest even still. Yeah. Um, since it's an older platform. But Let's talk a little bit about that and what you're finding valuable about this platform. Yeah. So Lemonade has been interesting because I feel like I have seen two different sides on it. Like half the people are saying they love this platform because it's not aesthetic and it feels more real and not focused on looks. But the other half of people are like so happy that it's all about aesthetics and From what I have seen, it feels more aesthetic than not, but almost like a weird, like almost like a creative, I don't even know, just like a definitely more creative aesthetic to it. Like, here's my regular life, but like with these really pretty doodles on it. (laughs) And like, you know, here's just like my my average non-aesthetic day but I'm going to take these pictures and make them look really pretty. Um, And so it's just kind of an interesting platform. And I mean, it's still so new to where I think a lot of people haven't totally figured out where we're going with this yet. Um, But there is good in that. Obviously, any new platform provides a lot of opportunity for growth if you do get in early. And like, you know, circa TikTok 2020, um, anybody who like jumped on that train early on and just like, went crazy on posting. I mean, those are the people that have like millions of followers now. And so I think if you get in early to an app like this and you just kind of go for it and the beauty with it being new like this is you do get to experiment with content and kind of see what's working and what's not. Um, Being kind of the social media content person that I am, I have experimented a little bit with just like Western lifestyle content and then also like social media tips and like lemonade tips. And those actually seem to be doing the best, um, which is like how to grow on lemonade. People are really like those posts of mine have been taking off, which is funny because then I've seen other people posting like the lemonade scam, which is them basically saying that it's a scam for to have other people saying like this is how to grow on lemonade. And (laughs) which... (laughs) I mean, I get where they're coming from, um, but also I kind of think that post in and it of itself is probably like their posts are probably blowing up because people see like Lemonade Scam and they're going to click on it yeah, and they're going like, to interact oh, with it. It's right. almost like contradicting because I'm like, well, it's I mean, really, that's a scam in itself, too, because you're kind of <laughs> doing the same thing, but like reversed. So right. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, you know, I... I would say right now, though, like the pros of it are it does seem to be like a big community space. Um, A lot of people, I think, are 
interacting more than they do on like Instagram. I think like Instagram and other platforms are all about like creating and pumping out all this content and they kind of just like post it and then leave. And I feel like on Lemonade, people are engaging more. And I think audiences are a lot broader right now. A lot of people are saying that they're not niching down. They are kind of just expanding their horizons and interacting with like other people that maybe they normally wouldn't have interacted with. And so I think that's kind of cool to just like expand your audience, expand your horizons. Um, And if you're a creative person, then this app is definitely for you if you like to (laughs) make your photos super pretty and put doodles on them and put all these like words all over them it's probably right up your alley um I think it's gonna create like like you said like you struggle with it a little bit I think that Mm -hmm. is probably gonna be a common thing that a lot of people are gonna feel is that it's um they feel like they can't keep up (laughs) with creating all these photos all the time and that's definitely something I've noticed too like I have the ability to doodle on pictures like I have an iPad with the Apple pencil and all the things but like I find myself like thinking about it too much like okay because I'm not like a graphic designer but I'm like how am I gonna like it takes so much time and I used to think that writing an Instagram caption took a long time and now it's like okay now I have to sit down upload this picture on my iPad and then doodle on it and then like write the caption and the captions are a lot longer on Lemonade like long form content it's definitely kind of like blog style. So it's interesting. It's definitely a very different type of content um, on that app. And and I, I like it and I don't like it all at the same time. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to evolve over time and, and where it's going to go and, and if it is going to take off and be the next big thing or, or not. Yeah. Maybe it'll die and We'll never know. (laughs) I feel like I I haven't really heard much about it other than through your podcast and then just me going on Lemonade itself and just kind of like snooping around and seeing how it works and whatnot. But um, I do think it's nice that it's kind of a blogging style, especially for somebody like myself who sometimes blogs a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, for example, for me on mine, I haven't really done a whole lot with it, to be honest, but Mm -hmm. I posted um, a really beautiful picture from my food photographer of our Asabuco recipe. And um, I just literally copied and pasted my blog on there, recreating content (laughs) as we talked about before, and just threw it up there and we'll see what happens and just add a couple hashtags that that work along with it. And um, I don't know, I guess we'll just kind of see. I'm just kind of like gently playing with it. I'm not doing anything too crazy with it right now, just because it is a lot for me to sit down and try to think of like a longer, like storytelling style blog post. Cause I Mm -hmm. feel like I do that a little bit with Instagram as well, but maybe not as long. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how it goes. Um, maybe it's the next big thing or maybe it'll be a total flop. Um, I don't know. I remember when I was in high school, there was a video app that was kind of like a TikTok, but not i can't even remember what it was called it was it vine vine oh. yes it was vine. <laughs> i thought it was with a t but i'm totally wrong it was with a v i <laughs> loved I vine that. yeah but then it died and nobody i did know it. i know it makes me so sad i thought that when tiktok first came out i was like oh this is gonna be vine it's gonna be so popular for like five seconds and then it's gonna die and <laughs> apparently it didn't but oh yeah. i miss I vine just i know it's so funny but anywho yeah, I'm, I'm excited how it goes, and I think it's kind of cool, too, that it's a little bit more about photos rather than videos because I feel like video content, real style, is what 
was being pumped out at least this past year. Mm -hmm. And I've even noticed on Instagram that me posting more of the carousel or carousel style posts with just photos um, has actually been a little bit more successful than some of my reels, which I found interesting because that wasn't happening recently. Um, I believe the Instagram CEO actually came out and said that they are no longer like prioritizing video like it's ah. it's essentially equal to everything else now like before it was all about video and that's what they were pushing out and now it does seem like I think I've heard actually a lot of people say that like carousels are performing better and um, they're not like they haven't put reels as like the main thing anymore which I think a lot of people are really happy about. So. Yeah. Well, again, it's a another time consuming thing. Like I've done yep. reels where I'll try to make something funny and it will take me way longer than I expect to mm-hmm. for it to take. Or you're doing like the lip sync um, style reels or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. And they're kind of fun to do and you do get some good engagement, but it takes so much time. And yeah. for me, time is money, man. Like I am not for sure. A, a content creator for a living. Um, it's more for just like my own entertainment and for my community's entertainment. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Things are interesting. Everything's always changing when it comes to social media, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, it's forever changing. And I think it's just a good reminder that, I mean, I don't see Instagram going anywhere anytime real soon, but I think it's just a reminder of, you know, it it's probably not going to be around forever. You know, it's something else is going to come out. There's always going to be a new thing. And so it's good to, it's good to evolve and get on the new platforms as annoying as it can be, but like also have that place where you aren't constantly having to shift people around, AKA an email list. (laughs) I won't get on that hill right now, but it is good to just to have something where you know, you can have everybody meet you in the middle and not have to just be like, okay, now follow me over here. Now follow me over here. Now follow me over here. So exactly. Yep. No, I totally feel you. And we've talked so much about email lists on this podcast. So it's no, no problem. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Perfect. I'm like, I won't, I will die on this hill, but I don't want to do it right now. (laughs) I know. No, that's totally fine. But we can talk about motherhood. I am, I hear your cute little boy in the background babbling. (laughs) And we were just talking before we hit record that he's probably got like a million snacks in front of him. And I totally feel that I can honor that feeling of, being a mom and trying to do the best you can while also running a business. And it's tough when they're little like that, but you'll get right through it and you'll miss these times. But I I can totally honor that feeling of just wanting to provide for your family as well in your own way. And while being the best mom that you can be, as I mentioned, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to dive into what that looks like for you. Mm, Yeah, it's been quite the journey. Um, I mean, I've, always wanted to be a mom. Like I remember being a little kid and just people would ask me like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I mean, I would literally tell people like, I want to be a mom. And so, um, and I always kind of knew I wanted to be a stay at home mom. I was never like, I mean, I think when I was really little, I was like, I don't know, I want to be a vet or whatever. But you mm-hmm. know, as I genuinely got older, I just never really had like a career that I like really wanted to do other than something for myself. Like I knew I wanted to be my own boss. And that mindset kind of came from, I mean, I've always been kind of entrepreneurial and and very motivated kind of person, but my, so I grew up with a working mom. She worked full time 
mm-hmm. um, basically my whole childhood. And then it's funny because my husband's mom was a stay-at-home mom, like his whole life. She never worked. And so it was like two – when we got married, it was like two very different ideas of lifestyle, like coming together. And mm-hmm. um, I knew I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. But to me, the only way I thought that that was going to be possible was if I had a business and if I worked for myself because, I mean, in today's world, like, it's hard to survive off just one income. And so um, I was like, okay, I need to do a business. And so, I mean, even before I had met my husband, like, I was fresh out of high school. I had, like, no desire to go to college. I, like, hated the idea of spending all this money to go to a university. I just, like, but my parents were like, you have to do something. And so I went to, like, community college and kind of piddled around for a while while I started um, my photography business. And then I was like training horses for a while. Um, And so kind of just like some random things. And then, uh, yeah, that kind of just like evolved over time and photography really took off. And I met my husband. And um, before we had kids and stuff, it was I mean, I was working so much and he works Monday through Friday and I was working weekends. And so it just got like super exhausting because I was like, well, I never see you like you're gone all week. I'm gone on the weekends like this just feels wrong. And if we're going to have babies, like I don't want to be gone every weekend. I want to be able to do stuff. And so that kind of started to shift my brain on on just pivoting the type of business I have and things like that. But, um, you know, basically my idea now as, as a mom and, and figuring it out as a business owner is being able to kind of like how we talked at the, at the beginning is like having more time and, and being able to free myself up to have more time to spend with him because Mm like you said, they're only this little for so long. And as frustrating as it can be when I'm trying to record podcasts and things and he's fussy, like it, you know, I I know like there's days where I'm like, oh, this is so much harder than it was before having kids. But now I'm just like, okay, this isn't going to be forever. And like one day I'm going to miss this and I'm going to miss him babbling next to me. And so, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Like, how it changes you. I feel like your priorities change so much like overnight. And so, Um, Yeah, I mean, for me right now, it's definitely figuring out how to balance, which is kind of an impossible thing to meet, but whatever that looks like. And and a lot of that has been giving up things like taking out pieces of my business that don't benefit me or things that are taking up too much of my time that um, I just can't focus on and, and trying to pour it into into having a baby. And, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. (laughs) I totally feel you there. And I too, my mom was the breadwinner of our family growing up as well. And she worked very hard. Um, She's actually a CEO of a charter school. So she's kind of like the president of a charter school and she does a lot of traveling. She goes to Sacramento very often to do school stuff and whatever. And that's been how I grew up. My, my brother and I, my mom or my dad was like, Mr. Mom taking us to all of our, you know, sports and whatever we needed to do. So I totally feel that. And that's, you know, something that I took into as being a mom is I wanted to make sure that I was present for my children. Not like my mom wasn't present, but I just didn't want to be gone all the time because I I don't know, just for me personally, this, this is just what makes sense for me. And I have the, the benefit of my husband working. He's an ER nurse, so he's only working three days a week, but they're, um, 
12 hour shifts. So we get a little bit more family time by me being with the kids and staying home. And, um, as you know, if you've listened to my podcast before, I actually quit my career job as a vet tech because I wanted to be home with my children. And that was my priority. And being in the vet tech world, I was expected to work more than I was working because I was working part-time and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like natural to me. So I, you know, I've always put my kids first. I'm a total mama bear at at heart. And, um, as I said, and you know, they're only this little for so long and it's going to be like a blink of an eye before they're all grown up and don't want to hang out with you anymore and don't want to, you know, be in the house anymore. (laughs) They want to go hang out with their friends and stuff. So I think it's very important to be able to take that time and be home with them and, you know, teach them, grow up with them, make memories with them, because those are the memories that you're going to be, you know, remembering forever as you grow up into adulthood. So I think it's important work and it's probably the most important job in general when it comes to being a mom and then business and all the other things come second for me. And I know for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love all of that. And, and like you said, having, the ability to have your kids like see you work in, you know, do work in your business or, or in your lifestyle or whatever it looks like, I think is such a important skill that a lot of kids don't have. I mean, especially in like the rural lifestyle where they get to be a part of feeding animals and taking care of, um, you know, other things and, and growing food and, and whatever that might look like for your family. But I think there's just so much value in growing up like that. Because, I mean, otherwise kids are, they're gone. They're sitting in a classroom all day and, and not saying there's not value and that's important and all the things, but, you know, to, to live a lifestyle where they, they have responsibilities from a young age, I think is really important and, and just builds a lot of character and, and responsibility. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, um, yeah, going back to the being in school and like being in a classroom and all that kind of stuff, I sometimes feel like. My kids are in a public school right now. They're only in um, TK, so transitional Mm -hmm. kindergarten and kindergarten. So I have two. They're Mm -hmm. little. But my husband and I keep going back and forth if we want to homeschool them one day, especially just depending on what the school system looks like in the future and all that kind of stuff. But what I love about if we were to do homeschool, because as I mentioned before, my mom is a homeschool um, CEO. If we were to do homeschool, that is how you teach your your kids to be in that kind of like entrepreneur mindset as well, because school is so, um, what's the word school is so scheduled and it's so, you know, repetitive, like the same thing Mm -hmm. over and over and over. And you're on that time schedule of that nine to five, you're almost being trained to be a nine to fiver from going to school. So I want to make sure that I'm teaching my kids when they're not at school and they're on the ranch that, you know, we have work to do. I have things to accomplish before we, you know, settle down for the evening. We need to make sure we're feeding everybody, checking, you know, making sure everybody's healthy, um, livestock wise and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I think that's very important. I've already noticed a work ethic in my young boys. Um, you know, they're, they'll like try to carry some buckets with me or I'll be lifting something and they're kind of like trying to help lift it. And, you know, it's just so cute and sweet and innocent. And it just makes me smile because it's, you know, we're, training them to be hard workers. And I, I think that's something that's a little bit undervalued, especially in today's society. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah, It's yeah, no, it's, 
it's so cool and it's it's so important and I, I love that you guys are doing that because we've had that same conversation like okay do we homeschool one day like we've obviously got a few years but we're still just like uh, I don't know like the school system kind of scares me but at the same time I'm like am I capable of homeschooling like that feels like a lot like I don't know so who knows what we'll end up yeah. doing but um I do I love that idea of of just having them be able to be a part of things I think is really really exactly. cool yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. So I am going to ask you three quick draw questions after we get where everyone can connect with you and find you or if you have any resources for people to utilize. But after that, we're going to go right into some quick draw if you're ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready. Whew. Okay, right. I'm nervous, so but I'm ready. <laughs> you're really good. So just let us know where people can connect with you and then we'll head right into there. Yeah. So I am on Instagram. Um, you can find me pretty much on all social media platforms at Mrs. Sarah Elrod. Um, that's like my main account that I'm the most active on. And then I have links to my other platforms if you want to follow those um, on that Instagram account. And then um, you can also check out my podcast, which is the Branded Cowgirl podcast. Um, and then as far as um, something, if you're wanting to take that next step, if you are somebody who struggles with content creation and you're wanting some resources for that, I did just launch a membership called the social herd and it's essentially a content resource center. Um, and so we're building on that every month. There's going to be new stuff added to it, but right now there's over a hundred caption templates pre-made. So you can just grab captions and go and, um, you know, they're good for <laughs> lemonade, Instagram, whatever. Um, so if you want to check more, um, out about that, you can go to sarahelrod.com slash social herd and be a part of that. Perfect. Well, I will link all that stuff in the show notes for our listeners to utilize. And here we go. Here's our first quick draw. Um, okay. what is your favorite word? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Oh, man. I'm probably not going to be so quick at this. My favorite <laughs> word. Wow. I've never thought about that before. Um, oh, my gosh. No I know. I'm like, holy cow. What do I call my baby all the time? That's probably my favorite word lately. I feel like right now I say the word squish all the time because I'm just like, oh, my gosh, my little squish. And so that's probably my favorite word right now. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. She probably is like the, you know, the, the little baby face where that you can just like squeeze. So that makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> that's such a good question. <laughs> well, thank you. I do my best. <laughs> right. What movie do you enjoy quoting the most? Oh my gosh, this one's easy. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I could quote that movie. I could probably like say that entire movie from my heart right now. Oh, yep. Oh, how same. Funny. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, so I'm going to have to rewatch that one. Oh my gosh. I, I love it. I just was telling my husband the other day, I like had this random thought, but if you're familiar with that movie, there's like the scene where she buys the like plant for Matthew McConaughey and she's like, it's our love fern. And I, I told my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, new Halloween idea. You be Matthew McConaughey, I'll be Kate Hudson and our baby can be our love fern. Oh my God. That would be so funny. I, love I wonder how many people would get that too. I know, right? We'd have to explain it to everybody <laughs> I know probably but that would be really cool you should do that <laughs> it's just that's like the best time period too to dress up your baby into like a theme of costumes because um when my 
well, there was two years. Now my kids want to pick their own costumes. But when my first son was um, a little guy and I was pregnant with our second one, we were Game of Thrones and I was Khaleesi. And yes. my husband, Bryce, was Jon Snow. And then our baby, Warren, he was a, a dragon. So that worked <sighs> out pretty good. And then um, the year following, maybe, my we had a whole um, – my oldest son was really into The Greatest Showman, the, the mm, movie. Yeah. With, um, Hugh Jackson it's a really good movie and it's very musical so he loved that movie so we were a whole um greatest showman theme so I was the bearded lady my husband Bryce was the tattoo man and then both of the kids were the greatest showman so it was really cute so if you can do that that. utilize it (gasps) because it's a lot of fun Oh, yes, I know. I'm like kind of all about the family costume thing. I think it's so funny. We And I'm like kind of the parent that wants to do like the funny things when he's young. Like, you know, everybody wants to dress their baby up as like a cute little bumblebee or something. And yeah. I was like, what do we do for his first Halloween? And <laughs> there was That's one really that burn. I saw. It was like Forrest Gump. Like, like my husband would be Forrest Gump. I'd be Jenny and he would be Lieutenant Dan with no legs, oh like God. sitting in a stroller. <laughs> That would be perfect, too. I love that one. I know. That's good. So funny. Last question. Okay. Let's see. What is your go-to lazy dinner? Ooh, my go-to lazy dinner. I feel like it's probably kind of boring, but I feel like when I just don't know what else to make, I oftentimes will throw, like, just some chicken in my Instapot and, like – I mean, I don't even know how lazy this really is, but it feels lazy <laughs> to me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this – I feel like you're probably expecting me to say, like, I stick something in the microwave, uh, which if it was if it was just me, I'd probably eat, like, a bag of popcorn for dinner. But since I'm feeding other people, I feel like I have to put in a little more effort. So, yeah, um, yeah usually I would just, like, throw some chicken in an Instapot and, like, to get, like, a frozen bag of veggies and – like I don't even know throw them in the oven for 20 minutes and call it good yeah there you go yeah goulash yeah just kind of a yeah I'm a big fan of like a one pan dinner thing too like stir fry like throw everything in one pan one sheet like whatever you can do I'm all about it (laughs) I'm right there with you sister and plus a instapot is naturally a lazy go-to dinner item so I think that totally counts uh for sure and I like didn't realize how amazing they are because you can literally cook like frozen chicken in them like it it blows my mind I'm like this might be gross but I'm gonna do it anyway (laughs) because I'm lazy (laughs) I know and it works out great just add a little salt and pepper and right you'll never know yeah exactly yeah it's like you slaved away in the kitchen all all day (laughs) right yeah it's it's just uh yeah it's an illusion (laughs) totally well, that is all I got for you, and I had a blast chatting with you, and thank you so much for joining me here today on the podcast, and I look forward to seeing where your journey it takes you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun to connect with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Agripreneur Empire podcast. I hope you gain value from the episode and can utilize the conversation to your advantage in your own business endeavors. Level up your business into a wildly successful journey. Until next time, my friends.